Greetings to each one here this morning. Hasn't it just been a rich morning? The, uh, the teaching on singing just blessed my heart. And in a way, it almost, um, it almost upsets me at all the things that the enemy has to distract us from singing. Just think about that. And it's not getting any better. How much can anyone relate to the fact that you probably no longer sing as much just since we have cell phones in our pockets and we have unlimited access to other people singing. And if we want to hear a good song, we'll just... Whip out our phone, we'll go to YouTube and find uh, the Redeemed Quartet and put it on autoplay while we're working and we can just listen to them sing. And that's good. I mean, in a way, that's a blessing and we can get inspired with that. But it's not going to do for your brain what singing does, right, brother? And on top of that, couple that with the fact that you have all the news in your pocket. And you find yourself, as soon as you get out of bed, you want to see who in the world got elected president and did the Senate, uh, who who won the Senate and all of that. And and my wife said, you know what, this is just giving me a bellyache. Not only is it giving us a bellyache, but it is destroying our creativity and all of the other blessings that we would get had we spent that time singing. I mean, it, it almost upsets me. How easily that we fall into this trap that we don't sing. Also, for this last summer, it's probably been May or June, April or May, since I have worked with the crew on a day-to-day basis. And that's one of the great things that I, I miss, working with all the guys, because a lot of times there would be quite a lot of singing, and especially um, more so when Vernon was working with us, maybe. But we, we, we've spent a lot of time singing and even, um, you know, debating about should we start a carpenter's quartet or something like that. And, you know, we've just enjoyed that. And I think it is good for the morale of the workers. It's good for the people that you work for. And it definitely apparently uh, helps your creativity and you would do a better job had you been singing the last four or five months. I've been working by myself trimming and um, oh, I've learned, listened to a lot of songs but I can't say that I've sang a lot. Who in the world likes to just sing to the four walls by yourself? You know, I mean, that's, that's good but it's not so good, you know? I just really appreciated that. And also just that thought of all the, the, uh, the singers that Solomon had in the temple. Uh, just, just, I didn't realize it was a 24-hour-a-day thing. They must have sang in shifts. But when are we going to hire, come up with the money and the, and the, uh, and the in, in, intuition to to hire 130 people to sing for Zion around the clock, sing and play music. And 
you know, after a month or two, we kind of, you know, like, I guess it's your turn tonight, right? Two o'clock, you're on for two o'clock. And I, I think eventually we would just say, I think I'll stay at home and go to bed. But it sounded like they did this for a long time. And what an amazing thing. And the fact that the cloud of God came down and filled the temple If while we were singing and all of a sudden this room would fill with a cloud and you could feel the very presence and see the very presence of God would make us, we probably wouldn't want to go home. And then also the children's class with the attitudes. Ah, that's such a good teaching this morning. How's our attitude? What kind of attitude do we have? Anyway, for the message this morning, um, we'll be starting out in Philippians chapter 3, verses 13 and 14, for starters. Chapter 3, Philippians chapter 3, verse 13 says, Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. And Paul uses this term, I press toward the mark, which is an old Olympic term. He is pressing in, for the goal, he's pressing in for the prize. He is, he is running. He, he it's kind of like a race, and we're running this race, and we we're focused on the prize, and he's forgetting those things that are behind. I would like to, uh, if I can find a marker that draws. This is forward. The title of my message is forward. Are we looking forward? Or are we looking to the back? Forward this morning. Forward is not a destination. Forward is not something that you will arrive at. Forward is a direction. It is a direction that you are traveling. Either you are going backward or you are going forward. Just think about that. It's hard to stand neutral for any length of time. Either you are sliding backward or you are moving forward. And also, it is hard to go the, the direction that you are not looking. If you are gazing to the past, if you are looking back, you're probably moving backwards. If you are looking forward, you are moving forward. Is that correct? Forward. <clears throat> 
Hebrew writer says, but we are not of them that draw back into perdition, but of them that believing to the, that believe to the saving of the soul. In other words, we believe forward. We are not of them that draw back. And if you, if you do a search in your Bible for the terms backslide or, or backslidden, um, it's used a lot in the Old Testament, referring to Israel as a backslidden nation. And they went backward because they were gazing backward. They were not gazing forward and sliding backward, okay? <clears throat> forward is a direction. It's the way that you're going. In other words, if you are... Forward is towards something. But the nice thing about moving forward is, is no matter who you are, no matter where you are, no matter what your circumstances, no matter how deep your misery is, no matter how poor your situation is, if you are alive you can decide to move forward. It may not be fast. It may not be far. It may not be quick. And it may not be much at a time, but you can move forward. No matter how deep you are in debt, no matter how sick you are, no matter where you are in life, somehow you can at least take a small step in the right direction, and that is going forward. <clears throat> you know, sometimes we set real, we, we find ourselves in a situation that is not good. And so we set some really high goals. Okay, you know what? I'm going to save $1,000 a week. And we set this, we know what we need to do. And so we set this beautifully high goal that is almost unachievable. And so we start out that way. We start moving forward in that direction. But we have set ourselves a goal that is almost unachievable. And so we come up against this thing and it is hard. And the next week it is harder yet. And we quit. But the idea is that the, the important thing is, is to set goals at such a level that you can continue them for the long haul. You understand what I'm saying? I think all of us know that. A little each day consistently adds up to an awful lot. And what made me think of that the other day, I, I read this quote that said, when you, are, when you are 20 years old, you start saving $5 a day, $5. That's the cost of a, a latte or a sandwich at, at McDonald's or um, a, a slice of pizza and a cold drink or whatever at, at Casey's, $5 a day. You start consistently putting away $5 a day when you're 20 years old. And by the time you're 60, do you know how much you will have in your bucket? Anybody want to guess? 
Well, either way. But if you were smart, if you were a wise saver, you will also be an investor. And with interest, you will have close to $200,000 by the time you're 60 years old. Without interest, you will have over 70000 in your glass jar buried in your garden somewhere. $70,000 by putting your latte money in a jar each day. I'm too near 60 to start, right? Had I done that, if I would have done that, I could pay off my house mortgage and have money to, to throw away or save. But okay, so now I'm at this point, I'm 58 years old. I got two years to go. So I say, okay, so I'm going to have to save 30000 a year to ever even make a dent, right? And so again, we're back to this high goal that I'll never achieve. But I could have easily, even in the hardest of times, I could have probably put $5 a day in a bucket somewhere, and, but I couldn't have left it there. See, that's the problem. But a little bit consistently every day goes a long ways if you have an attitude that I'm going forward. <clears throat> Jesus said in Luke 9:62 he says no man having put his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom. So that tells me it is important to God no matter what we do, no matter what we're up against, no matter what our hand finds to do, if we're going to be looking back, we're not fit for the kingdom. And I'm sure he was referring to the spiritual plowing, the spiritual life and all of that. But those of us that grew up on a farm know how crooked the furrow gets if you keep looking back and seeing how good I'm doing. You can't do that. I was a real young boy when my dad said, okay, you want to plow, but you look at the other end of the field and you see that little tree down there? Keep your eyes on that little tree down there and don't get your eyes off of that tree till you get to the other end to make your first furrow. And then after you get a good straight one, then you just drop the tire in that furrow and you just plow. But you keep looking that way if you're plowing that way. Uh, There's a lesson I never forgot. It's hard to go forward if we're looking back. there's a story told of an Italian race race car driver that was in an important race. And he gets in the car, and the first thing he does is he reaches up and he jerks the rearview mirror off of the windshield and he throws it out the window. And he said the first rule in Italian racing is it's not important what's behind you, It's only important what's in front of you. You have to keep your eyes on the obstacles in front of you and the things that are in front of you if you're going to win. You can't be looking in the mirror and looking to see what everybody else is doing behind you. 
That stuff is, if you're, if you're driving an Italian race car, then what is important is what's out there, not behind you. And, you know, and you think, well, that's just really carnal. But is it? I don't think, I'm not saying that we don't need to look in the mirror sometimes and reflect on our past and deal with our past. If there's things in our past that need to be dealt with, we need to deal with them. That's, that's right. But to dwell on them is going to shipwreck you. You cannot dwell on your past. You cannot be constantly looking in the mirror and seeing where the rearview mirror and seeing, okay, uh, I was over there, I did this wrong, I, whatever. You're not going to win the race. And how many times do we look in the, we're, we're going down the race of life, we're driving this thing, and our windshield is full of rear view mirrors and we can't see where we're going. I think maybe we should jerk a few of them off and throw them out the window, right? <clears throat> Sometimes we are hindering somebody else from going forward. Simply because we can't forget their past and we won't let them forget their past. You ever do that? If we cannot forget someone's past, we might be hindering their forward process. I know that happened to me one time years ago. A well-meaning brother. We had left Kentucky and moved out of state. And I had faced some really hard financial situations in the past and whatever and whatever. And all of those things were supposedly taken care of. And I was moving forward in another direction. And a well-meaning brother calls up our deacon there in the church we were in said, I guess you know about Daryl Gingrich. Uh, he, he had some pretty hard financial problems back there and you just need to watch him, you know. And this dear brother had the, had the, uh, the blessing to tell me this story then later. And he said, I just asked him, is it current? Is he current? Is he up to date? Did he take care of it? Is he still doing that? He said, well, no, I just wanted you to know that he had this problem. He said, I just told that brother then, that's okay. If, they, if it's taken care of him, then we won't worry about it. It made me feel good that he had the, he had the blessing to not only tell that other brother that, you know, we're not going by the past, we're going by what's current and future. And it always was a good lesson for me to remember. If somebody comes to you and has all this baggage about somebody else's past, you should just check and make sure that that's current before you uh, save it in your archives somewhere. Because it may not be current. It may be a mistake that was taken care of 10 years before And it might be totally irrelevant to the forward process of this other dear person that you're involved with. 
So let's not hinder someone else's forward process by digging around in their past in things that don't really need to be. Or sometimes we will make the mistake of going up to someone and saying, you always do this or you never do that. You ever do that? Anybody ever do that to you? When have you met someone that always does the same thing? Always. And when have you ever met someone that never does anything right? Ever, never. Just never. You never do that. Huh? Are we really that consistent that we always do the wrong thing and that we never do the right thing? Can we, can you, have you ever seen anyone that consistent in their life that they have never hit the mark? But how many times have we used that term even amongst ourselves? Like, well, you never do that or you always do that. We need to be careful with that because we may be hindering their process of trying to move forward. Everyone makes mistakes. No one hits the mark all the time absolutely right. But wouldn't you like to be the one that comes alongside of someone else and says, I think you can. I think you can go this way. I think you can make it. If you try one more time, I think you can make it. Let's be careful that we don't hinder not only our own forward process, but we hinder someone else's. Many people are locked in park or reverse simply because... No one believes in them simply because no one is saying, I think you can make it. You know, we need to be each other's best support group. We are the church. Is the church where all the perfect people are that never make a mistake? No. Is the church the place where just just the righteous hang out, where nobody ever does anything wrong? A lot of people say the church, oh, that's where the hypocrites are. Well, yeah, kind of. We try, we try, we try again, but we don't always hit it. We try to... We, we say we try. We say we want to do right. But sometimes we don't. So that makes us a hypocrite, right? I guess. No, the church is where those are that they, they fall seven times and they get up and they go again. Because someone cares and someone says you can make it. Forward, dear brother, forward. Keep moving forward. Even if it's slow, take one step at a time, brother. You can make it. Or do we say, you always do that. You never get back up. 
Really? I try. Hebrews chapter 10. I think I'll start reading in verse 19. Having therefore, brethren, boldness to enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus... By a new and living way which he hath consecrated for us through the veil, that is to say his flesh, and having a high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. That's the church. Not the, not the people that were born righteous. Not the people that were always perfect. Not the people that did everything just right. But the people that know what the blood of Jesus Christ is. And that somehow we've got onto this new and living way. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's the forward way, the way that leads to glory, the way that leads to God, the way that leads to godliness is one step at a time going in that direction, forward, not backward, forward, by the new and living way which he hath consecrated us. Through the veil, that is to say, his flesh, and having a high priest over the house of God. Let us draw near with a true heart, in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Because our bodies were dirty. Our conscience, our attitudes were evil. Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering, for he is faithful at promise. If we hang on to those promises, dear brothers and sisters, and we don't lose sight of what we've been redeemed by and for, we can keep moving forward. Sure, some of us can move forward a lot faster than others, but we have... We may have some young ones. We may have some of us that can only go a little bit at a time. But dear brothers and sisters, let's make sure that we all keep moving in that direction. Some faster than others, sure, but not any better than the others. But it's, it's the fact that we know what direction we're going, and that direction is forward. <laughs> Let us consider one another to provoke and to love and to good works. You know what that tells me? We are prone to backsliding. We are prone to giving up. We are prone to kind of slacking off a little bit. We are prone to start backsliding a little bit. We're prone to that. 
That's why we need the church. That's why we are the church. That's why God ordained the church. Because God knew that by ourselves, we would probably slide back down the hill. God knew that without encouragement from each other, we would probably empty our glass jar that we had saved all our pennies and our quarters and our $5 bills and just spend it on something that we didn't need. <clears throat> I'm, ta- I mean, I'm using that as an illustration, but I'm, I'm, I'm meaning that in a spiritual sense. If you know how to make that connection. Verse 25, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another so much more as ye see the day approaching. Brothers, there's a day approaching. And I can just assure you, things are not getting easier to have a song in our hearts. It's not getting any easier to break out in singing on a regular basis. It's not getting any easier to always have the right attitude in our hearts when we wake up in the morning. It's not getting any easier But with faith in God and with following what the Hebrew writer is having here for us, it is possible to keep moving in that direction. Could use a lot of illustrations about the... um, having a right attitude and how that helps us to move forward from the youngest of children to the oldest of us. We all face things. We all face issues. It may be your bedroom is in a mess and your mom wants you to clean it up and organize it and put away your clothes and fix your bed and sweep the carpet. That may be your responsibility, but it looks like it's too far gone to ever start. But it's not. With the right attitude, with a song in your heart, you can start in one drawer at a time, and before you know it, you're completely done. What about if there's issues in our life Maybe it's our debt. Maybe it's something else we did. Maybe we need to make a great change in life to get back on track. But we have each other. That's what we're here for. We help each other. If it's bigger than you can do, then ask for someone to help you. If your room is too messy and you can't tackle it by yourself, and then by all means... Solicit a brother or a sister or somebody says, can you come vacuum the floor for me? Maybe it's your debt load and maybe you cannot see over the hill. I've been there. I've done that. 
Maybe you just need someone to say, can you come look at my books? I don't know what in the world I'm up against, and I don't know which way to go, and I don't know how I'm going to make it, but I want to move forward. Can you help me? Sure, we can help you. Someone can help you. Your situation is never so far gone. If you still have, if you can still suck in one more breath, your situation is not so far gone that not someone, by getting on their knees and counseling together with God and with the brothers in the church, that your situation can be, your situation can be remedied no matter what it is. As long as you start taking steps forward instead of taking steps backward. <clears throat> what if you have relationships in your life that just sap the energy out of you and something's not going right? You don't know which way is up. You don't know why people don't like you. You don't know why this person don't talk to you. You don't know why they're saying this about you. You don't know what in the world has happened. But somehow you're in a situation and it is very stressful between you and someone else. You know what you can do? Just move away. There's churches all across this nation. Just go somewhere else. Some of us have done that, right? Have you ever done that, brothers? I've done that. Did it fix the problem? Kind of. But not really. Wouldn't it be better if we would go into Hebrews 10 and just study this out and say, let us consider one another. Let us draw near with a true heart. In full assurance of faith, we're going to somehow break this barrier and we're going to move forward. Wouldn't that be better? I don't know what your situations are. I don't know if there's anybody here or anybody that I'm speaking to this morning that has stressful relationships, but they can be remedied. Nothing, no one is so far gone that, that it's just like, we'll just write them off. But the church is so fragmented today, splintered into 39 splinters. Have you ever heard that term, brother? The 39ers? I've heard some that are worse than that. But it boggles my mind why that God's people... And, and why that, I mean, I've done that, but why can God's people not just bow their hearts and say, you know what? Maybe we can fix this. <clears throat> but the key thing is that we move in the right direction consistently on a day-to-day -day basis. And you say, well, that's just too simple. That just won't work. That just, yeah, it might have worked for your situation, but it won't work for mine because mine is too far gone. Well, I'm, I'm just saying, dear brothers and sisters, as long as we have breath and as long as God is still on the throne, and he will be, no matter who is president, 
We have the ability to get a hold of the word of God and the principles of God and somehow we can move in the right direction, little by little. Or maybe, maybe your health is gone. Maybe your health is so far gone that somehow you can't hardly take another breath. But you know what? We realize that we do live this life in temporary bodies that will one day wear out. That is a reality. Our health is not something that we are guaranteed that we will all be healthy until we hit 88 years old. That's just not the way history teaches us, and it may not be for you. People do get cancer and die. People have hard situations, and somehow they have to work through that. But God never intended for you to work through that by yourself. Yet, Think about that. If you have the assembling of yourselves together. You have the the true spirit of drawing nigh with God and the true spirit of, of helping each other. We can face some pretty serious things and somehow come out in one piece on the other end. But sometimes we get this attitude that, well, you know, I'm just so far gone and I just, you know, we just want to quit and we just want to go back and just, and I've been there, I've done that. But dear brothers and sisters, my, my inspiration this morning is to encourage us to move forward, even if it's an inch a day. If we move forward, consistently move forward, In most situations, we will be better next year than we were last year. (laughs) I don't know if it works that way in farming or not, but it works that way in other occupations. If you start doing things the right way, little by little, it gets better. We do know that we live in treacherous times. We live in a time when we could focus on the bad. We could focus on the political side of the nation. We could focus on on the presidential election. We could focus on all those things. But I think it was one of the Bushes, maybe a Bush senior, Bush junior, I'm not sure, but I think I need to check this again if but I'm pretty sure that he made this statement. And that is, it doesn't so much matter what happens in the White House. What does matter is what happens in your house. You know... We, we tend to get this idea that if our government is going backward, then it's just going to take us all backward. That's simply not true. We may face hard times. We may face our life, but we may lose our life. We may face some terrible things, but we do not have to go backward because someone else is going backward. 
We can go forward in our Christian life, in all of our aspects of life, in our relationships, in our, in our, even in our health, in our marriages, in our, or whatever. We can go forward no matter what they do at the White House. Even if it's illegal to go forward, we can still go forward. China has proved that. Korea, North Korea, and South Korea, they've all proved that. That under some of the direst situations that they've had, the church has flourished, the the Christians have rejoiced, the singing goes on, the attitudes are good. Really? Sure. So it depends on, it comes down to the choices and the attitudes that we have each day. And will we choose to go forward or will we choose to slide back? I wish I could say that I always went forward. I don't think any of us can. I don't think any of us can say we've always did it right. I don't think any of us can just sit here and brag and say, I've never made a mistake in my life. But it's not about how many mistakes you made. It's how, what direction you're moving when you get back up. And that's the testimony that I want to have is I might have fell yesterday, but today I'm up and I'm taking another step in the right direction. And by the grace of God, one day we, we will hit the mark. We've not hit the mark. We're pressing toward the mark simply because we've dealt with our past to the point where we can forget it and move forward. You know, sometimes I just happen to think of that. Sometimes maybe the reason we can't forget someone's past or our own past is maybe we didn't deal with it. Maybe we should deal with it. If you can't forget it, then there's still something there. Somehow we need to deal with that thing to where we can forget it because it's going to hinder the race that we're in. And we can't win the race if we keep looking in the rearview mirror. God bless you with that. Don't expect me to be perfect from here on out, but I'm wanting to step in the right direction. And somehow, if you see me sliding back, help me. But I want to keep moving forward. I want to hit the mark. I want to be of those that believe to the saving of the soul, not to those that draw back into perdition. May God bless you.